That's what they call me. Yeah. Johnny Producer. Johnny Producer Man. Hi everyone and welcome to the Oncast. So in addition to the Grand Rewatch, we actually do watch other films. Not as regularly, but we, you know, we still do. Rest assured that following every new film that we watch at the cinema, we will continue our assault on your ear holes with our thoughts and opinions. This time, we went to see Shazam! Shazam! Which has an exclamation mark at the end of it. Yeah, and that's... So, that's how we're going to have to refer to it from now on. What I really appreciated was that on the tickets from the cinema, they even put the exclamation mark on there as well. I was really really happy about that. (laughs) Um, I don't know why. On on, On the BBFC card? Huh? On the BBFC card with the exclamation mark as well. No, that, but also on the, the actual physical ticket that printed out from Cineworld. Oh, okay. Sorry, cool. sorry from our local cinema. <laughs> um, it's, it actually had a, yeah, it had the punctuation on it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, so Shazam is the latest DC comic book movie. So, obviously DC, we've talked about quite a few of them in the past now. We've What have we done, actually, thinking about it? We've done, we did Aquaman when it came yeah. out in December. And prior to that, I think we did Justice League. We definitely watched Justice League. Justice League happened. Um, we, we all keep trying to forget it didn't, but it did happen. So yeah, this is the latest one. And yeah, it's Shazam, starring Zachary Levi. It's very much a B-list sort of character. A lot of people don't know who he is or never even heard of it. Well, uh... A lot of people have sort of said to me, when they say, oh, Shazam, what the hell's that? Because he's not the top tier. But that's where I think DC are starting to find their groove a little bit in these B-list characters. Yeah, I mean, no, it's tricky because as a comic book guy, yeah, he's not B list. Like B list, B list is different. But like, I understand that, like, from a sort of general audience perspective, that this would really be B list because it's not Batman or Superman. Yeah, or even Wonder. Like, there are other ones like Wonder Woman and Flash and all the rest of it. Who've like they've got recognition now. Like, even if you didn't know what the name, like, if you saw the image of the Flash, you'd probably have some idea of who he was. Yeah. Whereas if they saw an image of Shazam, not necessarily. Although there was three seasons of a Shazam TV show back in the seventies. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Um, yeah, never, you know the, never, the, never watch. Did it. you know the old guy that he travelled around with in that was actually just called Mentor? That was, was his, he? That was his name. The, the name of the character was called Mentor. Gosh. And he had they drove around in a little Winnebago with the Shazam logo on the front. Oh dear. It's, yeah. I don't remember that much. Yeah, of you it, need but... to you need to watch that. Thing. Nope. Um, no thanks. But anyway. So why don't you give us a bit of a synopsis because obviously this isn't you know this isn't something that's ground that's been treaded that much before. Absolutely not. No. Um, so basically, the way it's been sold and the way that everyone's sort of pitching it is um, like the movie Big with um, Tom Hanks. Yeah. But the difference is, he's a superhero. So the idea is that it's a fourteen-year-old kid who gains the powers of a superhero, like ridiculously powerful superhero, like the powers yeah. of a god, like most DC. Um, characters they are massively OP Um, (laughs) but the idea is that although he looks and sounds like a grown man and has all this power he's just a 14 year old kid yeah and doesn't know what to do with it hilarity ensues that's the basic premise I guess yeah Um, there's a lot of like there's mythology surrounding Shazam a lot of it I think is about there are yeah gods and and wizards and all kinds of weird crazy shit and it's very comic booky but the The, the the main premise, the main point is, what if a 14-year-old suddenly became a superhero? What would he do? Yeah. And, and they go from there, really. Yeah. And then... Um... <clears throat> yeah, so it is a bit of a an interesting one. It's a fairly unique 
in the, yeah, in the sort of superhero world that we live in now. Yeah, I mean, there, there are tones of, there are definitely similarities and things that they sort of tie into, but it is very much its own thing, which I thought was really good. Like, first of all, like, before we, I think we're like, we're burying the lead here. What did you think? I really liked it. So did I. <laughs> like, I had really good fun with it. Um, you know, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's like one of my favourite films ever, but it's really good fun. It's really refreshing. Yeah. Especially in a year that's followed stuff like watching Justice League. Yeah. We're just like, Jesus, this is bleak. Yeah. But then to put something like this in it. Yeah. Where it is really fun. And Zachary Levi, as much as I've not really seen him in very many things, is genuinely got this really youthful energy and has a lot of fun with the whole thing. Yeah. I think the supporting cast gives so much more to this film. Yeah, absolutely. Than if he was just to stand on his own, it would probably get a bit wearisome. Yeah, they balance it really well, actually. What, yeah. I was, what I was sort of dreading, I guess, was that once Zachary Levi turned up, it would just be him goofing around for the whole movie. Yeah. But they don't. They manage to ground it. And yeah. I feel the performance of the younger version of Billy, who's... No, I can't remember the name of the actor now. It's... Oh, something with an A. Anyway... He's very good, and they do manage to find a way of, although they keep going, oh, it's fun, it's fun, it's fun, it's fun, look how much fun we're having. They do also manage to ground it and have an actual storyline, and above all, you know my big thing, it has a character arc. <laughs> and I love me some character arcs. Um, yeah. And they, they actually, it's a plausible, relate, you know, relatable, good character arc yeah. for a superhero movie, one that I don't think I've seen before. I think, yeah, they, it took some directions that I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, I mean, it, one of the things that I really enjoyed is how it used a lot of non-traditional sort of things in the film as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we probably will have a bit of a spoilery session. Yeah, we might have to. We'll there, there are a couple of things that I want to talk about, yeah. Yeah, so I think we'll use the predominance of the, the, this podcast to talk about what we thought of the film, but then there'll be we'll probably have a short spoiler section at the end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but one thing I really enjoyed is that it is a very non-traditional situation. It's a very diverse cast. Yeah, so... It's the... very... Um, and without just saying it's very different... It is. There are so many differences there. It's not really bleak and really moody. No. There are tricky situations that that Billy has to overcome. Yeah. Along with the rest of his family. Yeah. So it's not just him just protecting his family as a superhero. Mm. It's got some more uniqueness to it. Yeah. I think, yeah, a lot of that, like I say, is the supporting cast. So the thing that we sort of haven't touched on yet is the idea of Billy Batson is that he's a foster kid. Yeah, and he and so in this movie, a lot of it is um, the through line of it is about him becoming part of this new family, this yeah. new foster family, with a bunch of other kids who are not blood related to one another, but they all live in the same house. They all think of each other as brother and sisters. Yeah, and that is the through line. That's the whole point of the thing, really. Yeah, um, and that was done really well. Again, all the kids I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a slight tendency sometimes where kid. Um, actors or kid characters can get annoying when they yeah. just overdo them a little bit and I feel they managed to sort of play them off just the right amount yeah um, and yeah they were. They, I thought they were all great yeah I really really liked it <clears throat> um, I liked the sort of the, the parent dynamic was almost out of the picture a bit yeah like so when the, it when it started like when they were doing the first walk through the house like I will say the first sort of 20 minutes for me it was like it was trying too hard a little bit to be yeah. funny and to be like, look how much fun we're having. <laughs> yeah. Like constantly, I was just like, I was sat there just with my arms folded, going, "Yeah, DC, all right." 
all right, DC, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever you say, DC. <laughs> and then it, like, but it won me over. Yeah. Like, despite, like, I just found myself getting into it as yeah. it went. And then, and then I was just like, relax into it. And I just, yeah. It and up, it is yeah. quite charming. Yeah, it in, is. You in... can't help it. It's like, and I think it, it works on a number of different levels. Like, the other thing I, that surprised me about it, I guess, is the amount of time they spent with the villain. Yeah. So Mark Strong is the villain in this one. Um, He's been in loads of stuff, Mark Strong. If you've never seen it, he's in uh, Kick-Ass and he's in Kingsman. Um, Green Lantern. (laughs) Shit, yeah. (laughs) So this is his second turn in DC. Um, But he actually made a really good villain, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, comparatively. Yeah, he was a bit... So I He's chewing the scenery, but they they undermine it. Yeah. Which is great. I thought he was good. I thought he could have done a bit better, but at the same time, I do understand that it's not about him. He's no. just a MacGuffin in this. No, I think that's the same with most origin movies. Yeah, the the villain is always given it. Same but, like, but same but um, same but bad. True, but then I think with this, what yeah, what surprised me, I guess, is the fact that they opened the film with his origin story mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time on his origin. Up up front, rather than sort of leaving it as an afterthought. So that yeah. was, in terms of the structure, I thought that was quite well done. Yeah. Um, and I like that they didn't do it via monologue. <laughs> yeah. Which is just fucked me off about so many origin stories of villains in things. Yeah, they they it's scattered like, it through. Okay. Like okay, the bad guy's going to tell us where they came from, yeah. showing it and having him push it through through the film. Yeah. Was really interesting, and again, played into how much I enjoyed it being non-standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, between this and Aquaman, we are starting to get into the sort of the Marvel Cinematic Universe issue with same but bad in the origin films. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but that honestly, that tends to come from the comic books themselves. Yeah, and, that, and that's I think that's the same of any of the um, the origin movies previously as well. I think you probably say the same thing of. Um, Man of Steel and Wonder Woman. Yeah. The same are bad. Yeah. And that's that tends to be the thing that they fall into yeah. in sort of a lot of comic book lore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, like Red Skull, for example, yeah. off the top of my head, and Ironmonger and... Um, Yellow Kill, Jacket. Yellow Jacket, Killmonger. Yeah. These sort of things to be tend the same but different, uh, or bad, same but bad. But again, I think by having it in something that makes a little bit of fun of it yeah but also true. gives them i don't know it gives them extra sort of credence because you sort of understand their origin quicker yeah because it's related to the same thing true although you can see the same motivation and you immediately go oh yeah it's because of x yeah. that he wants this and yeah. because of y that he's doing this i think the the twist they give on the whole same but bad thing i guess is that this whole idea of and this isn't really a spoiler it's just something that is quite upfront. Um, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So they have these monsters essentially that are representative of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Um, and they're things that he can, that the bad guy, Marcelon's character, can like manifest and call upon. That gave it a different yeah. sort of shift. And then it meant that yeah, it, it put the hero on the back foot. And then it yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, <laughs> but it, it is really interesting, and that, like, I just think yeah. he was a good villain, but. I think the main issue that I have is I really, really, really want to see Mark Strong as Sinestro. Yeah, true. He's just born for the role. He would have been great, yeah. And seeing the post-credits sting at the end of Green Lantern was just like, fuck, that's bang on. 
and then see him in this. That being said, or the, I think he was a great villain. Yeah. I just think they could. I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah, I mean, similarly, Mark Strong would have been an amazing Lex Luthor. Yeah. But instead, he's the villain in the Shazam origin yeah. movie, and we'll probably never see him again. <laughs> so I get, I get what you're saying. It is, it is frustrating. Um, but that's not the only thing that um, DC managed to frustrate me with tonight. Right, we'll get to that later. Yeah. You, you yeah. need to sit on that for now. Yeah. Can we talk about yeah. probably the most important part of this entire film? Yeah. It's really, really important. Can we talk about Lionel Luther from Smallville is playing Dr. Savannah's dad? Oh, is that who that is? Right, okay. Because you made, you made some point. I was like, who is that? I'm, you know, I, I've never watched Smallville. I never what? saw it. I don't know what that... Well, f- fuck you. No, I can be asked. Shut up. No, it's just like... You shut your face. No, you so, shut, uh, so you who shut, was he? Was he Lex Luthor? No, he was Lionel Luthor. Lionel Luthor. Michael Rosenbaum was Lex. Oh, of course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay, oh, so, he says rolling his eyes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fine. Because um, I'm the nerd. Well, I mate, I wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Smallville just passed me by. It was like it was like I quite Smallville with Buffy. Yeah. It was just on around the same time. I just didn't. I wasn't into it. I didn't. Well, I'm sorry. Fine. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll move on from the most important thing of that entire film. Let's talk about how one thing I really fucking liked what? was the score. Yeah, the score was, was good. really, really good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and the, the score, and then there you had a couple of bits of little incidental music. Yeah. Um, I mean, and... it's not anthemic. I'm no. Not, it's no... It has a like a John Williams vibe. Yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't hum it to you now. No. Like, yeah. But it... It really fitted, and it was used in real, really, sort of interesting ways. Mm. So when it would sort of subvert the expectation, you would get this real driving force of of the score building up. Yeah. With like deep cello, and then you get like a trombone or something playing as well, and you're like, "This is oh, they made a joke out of it. That's really good." Yeah. Because it just again, the whole film subverts your expectations. Yeah, and it it, it gave me kind of um, Thor Ragnarok vibes in a couple of places. Yeah, where like they they undermine the big sort of like, although they just let it hang a little bit. Like they do re- really well with stuff like when they reveal the name Shazam, and it's like this big dramatic moment where the yeah, like you say, the score's swelling and it's zooming in on the guy's face, and he goes Shazam, and it's just this silence like what. Like that sounds real dumb. You understand yeah. how dumb that sounds, right? It's, yeah. it's like, I mean, that's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Yeah, but the way that it's done in the film is great. Is actually quite funny. I, I think that's the thing. Like a lot of the, there are a lot of the jokes in the trailer, and there are a few of them where, like, I remember in the, in the cinema, like they fell flat because everyone's seen them in the trailer. Yeah. But what I will say is that throughout this, the comic timing on yeah. some of the bits was just spot on. Yeah. Um, and again. Reminds me of Ragnarok quite in a, in a good way. When I make these comparisons to Marvel movies in this sense, for the first time in a long time, I'm actually making them in, in a positive way yeah. to DC. I'm actually saying, you reminded me of this other thing that I like. Well done! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's... I think this, the story is really impressive. Yeah. The way that the world is set is quite impressive as well. Yeah. And the way that... I don't know, it, it feels really di- diverse without feeling like it's all forced. Mm. Like there was like a throwaway joke. Well, not even, I don't even think it was a joke, but 
slight spoilers. There's a joke when they end up in a strip club. Oh yeah. All yeah. the kids end up in a strip club, <laughs> and all the boys come out with big grins on their face except one, and they're like, "What did you think?" And he went, "That's oh, not really my thing." Yeah, I did. Yeah, like, that's a really good way to do something in a positive light. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. Even, I didn't really clock that. Actually, you're right. Was, yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Yeah. Don't make thought, a massive deal out of it. Yeah, I hadn't thought what the implications of that line could be, but yeah, you're right, okay, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, that's I like that. That's a really nice way of bringing it in and having some sort of inclusivity. Mm. And then he, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something we'll talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, we're probably going to get into spoilers in a few minutes. But yeah, it's really good. It doesn't run on too far. No. It introduces sort of new things to the world, like the DC universe. Especially. Yeah, I think it it's good. It manages to make itself. It's clearly clearly part of the DC universe. Yeah, and they make a really good. They've managed to find a way to do that without it being shoehorned in. Yeah, or like having like, yeah, just having TV reports of things going mm-hmm. or anything like that. Is basically what it is. Is the main thing is the kid who is Billy's um, brother. Yeah, Freddy. Freddy. Played by it's Gillen, Gillen Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah, who's great. He's great. Yeah, um, but he is a massive superhero fan. Yeah. in this world, which means that he's constantly wearing one of the superhero T-shirts, yeah. which are the pre-established ones that we know of mm-hmm. in the universe. So it's like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Batman, Superman. Yeah, um, and he's got like memorabilia. He understands them all. He, he knows what like powers to look for, and he mm-hmm. gets all that. And through him, they're able to tie it into the universe just by having him there. Yeah, and it doesn't. They don't have to have too many like, like shift the focus away. It's not like even like an Iron Man two where they set they just put some another character in there just to set him up for a later movie. Yeah, or anything like that. They manage to keep the focus on Shazam, but also tie it into the larger universe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, um, and there are flaws. Oh yeah, it's not. Perfect. It's not perfect. There are flaws, um, but at the same time, it is really refreshing. And yeah. I would say, even if you are starting to feel like a little bit of superhero fatigue, and you're unsure, go and see it because it's a really sort of fun time. Yeah, I think it's probably a, it's a good family film. I think. Yeah. Like, I think what we know is that we were in a fairly packed cinema because it's it's the um, school holidays at the moment, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of families in there with kids. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways. I can see why some parents might actually prefer this to something like Endgame, for instance. Yeah. Where Endgame is going to be really intense and really, mm-hmm. like, like to start with, really depressing and three hours long. and, yeah. and really mean? dense. It's really hard to follow if you've not seen yeah. the preceding this, 19 films. This is a family movie that is also a superhero movie. Yeah. It's a, and in the sense of it being a family movie, I mean, it's a film about family. That's the yeah. theme of it. That's the point. So... Yeah, and it Which does... again hasn't doesn't really get done that much in superhero movies. No, because it is sort of catering to a larger, sort of a more mature, yeah, sort of environment where people are going to be able to sort of go out and see the film multiple times and collect the memorabilia, the high end memorabilia, and there are toys and stuff as well. But they are tend to be more skewed towards adult audiences. Yeah, I mean that that batarang is it's not it's a replica obviously, but it's super sharp. Yeah. And that's the thing, and that's 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 the thing that like a kid would say as well. So it's it's like the youthful exuberant energy that exists through this film doesn't feel forced. No, it doesn't feel like it's written by some sort of Hollywood cynic where the kid's just a smart Alec and yeah, like you sort of sit there and you go, 
yeah, that's what a kid would say. Yeah. And the first thing that a kid would say when a bully picks on him is being like, oh, by the way, I'm friends with so-and-so. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. Yeah. But, and again, that reminded me of, um, there are tinge, the other thing that, in terms of Marvel, that is going to draw a lot of comparisons is Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sort of fairly positive way, not in a negative way. Yeah. Think. But at the um, same time, it's so, I think it sort of fully stands on its own. Yeah. You are going to draw comparisons because there are characters of the same, they are in sort of junior high. Yeah, it's a superhero in high school. Yeah. And, but the way that things done are a little bit more. Yeah. Um, original thought than something that's like a copycat. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's really great fun. I think you should go and see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ranking in the DC movies? Oh, fuck. God, I've never thought about it before. It's always been a bit of like a steaming trash fire. But Yep. Um I, I think I think the standard that it needs to be, or the best they've done up till this point, is Wonder Woman. Yeah, as a standalone on its own. Yeah, I th- like Wonder Woman took a dip for me because it, and it suffered because I think of maybe a little bit of studio interference and a bit of disappointing mm. writing, in so much as Wonder Woman, which will tie me back into this. So Wonder Woman again falls back into the fire smoke grey bad guys. Yes. And then you're just like, oh, fuck, you were doing really well. Yeah. But also, I think having seen Captain Marvel, Mm -hmm. that's also pushed Wonder Woman down a little bit for me. Yeah. I mean, it's still probably the best one that they've produced so far. Yeah. But at the same time, because like Aquaman, and having said to you recently, like I went back and sort of had a different thought process about it. I still had fun with it, but it was just far too long. Yeah. There was so much in there. Yeah. And Shazam, I think, is probably pretty close to Shaz- uh, to Wonder Woman for me. Yeah, I think I would definitely say I prefer I I enjoyed Shazam a lot more than Aquaman. Yeah. Um, so I'd yeah. say maybe joint pegging between Wonder Woman and Shazam. Yeah, yeah, I'm around that. I'm about the same to be honest. Yeah. And then, although I do, yeah, I still quite like Man of Steel myself. Um, yeah, and Man of Steel is it's not the worst one in there by any means, but again, it's it falls down at the end for me. Any any of the standard, I think the general rule with any of the DC movies that the standalone movies are worth watching yeah. and anything where there's a big crossover and multiple characters is it gone. all falls apart BVS Justice League Suicide Squad yeah avoid yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I'd agree so I'd probably say Shazam Wonder Woman then Man of Steel then Aquaman yeah and then the other ones are outside <laughs> tapping on the window yeah you're not coming in no. You're not welcome here. No. I mean, um, Barry Allen could just like melt through the window, but that was in a scene that they put in the trailer, but wasn't in the movie. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Right. Yep. Let's move into spoilers. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So, two big things I want to talk about in terms of spoilers. The first one is, I really thought, I was really impressed by what they did with the story with Billy's mum. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's the thing, I don't know the origins of Shazam, I don't know the, all the backstory. I don't know, neither do I. So I didn't know whether it's true to the comics or it's a big betrayal. And I that's... think he was orphaned in the comics. Okay. Yeah, he was orphaned. Yeah. 
Um, well, even even more props to them then. Yeah. For that. Then I think it was really brave. Yeah. To do what they did, because basically, again, I'm going to have to just say what happens for us to be able to talk about it. But the, there's a through line in this movie where Billy is looking for his mum. He he lost his mum when he was at a carnival when he was a kid. Yeah. And she like never found him. No one ever found him. So he ended up getting taken in by the system and going through all these foster foster parents and stuff. And all the time he keeps looking for his mum. He's like, well, she must be she must be out there somewhere. Yeah. He keeps looking for his mum. And at one point during the movie, he then through by through help from his foster brothers finds her and confronts her and that was when they, they sort of dropped this bombshell that she deliberately left him yeah and doesn't really want anything to do with him no which is like I, I, I can't and think of a time when I've that, seen that in a movie before no. let alone a big superhero movie do you know no, what I mean exactly and that's one of the things that, like I was saying about when I praise the originality is it's it's taking these massive leaps into a new area yeah because you don't tend to see the way that foster families work in films, especially mm. in superhero films. You don't tend to see, like, because they tend to be in other films in, and in lesser films. I would say they tend to be like a family of plucky oddballs, yeah. and they're all they've all been together for a long time, and then it's about, oh, look how look how strange they are, but they're a real family together. This actually showed them sort of unified, like Billy's story into unifying this, yeah. from being rejected from his actual family to being ingratiated into a real family well, that's what he says and a family that wanted yeah. that's what he says to his mummy when he after he finds her he goes I'm sorry I've got to go my real family needs me yeah he says to his mum and, and yeah he has that it's like that epiphany where he goes look you know when you've been searching for something that you were looking for your whole life yeah when you thought that's, that's all you needed to make yourself worth something and it turns out that's not the case. Yeah. And that was, it's really, yeah, I, I was really impressed by that and the way they wrote it. And I would say that, like, this is a good demonstration of how sometimes by taking these lesser known characters and doing things like this with them, that is what makes better movies and what mm-hmm. makes more endearing characters. And I think Marvel have had the same sort of thing. Like, you know, you look at stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. A lot of people talk about how Star Lord in the in the movies is very very different from the Peter Quill Star Lord in the comic books. Yeah. But we all love him. And yeah. he's and he's Chris Pratt. and it meant that they had to take liberties with him as a character and change things from the comic books. But because he's a lesser known character, you can do that. Yeah. And that's the problem that they've had DC up to this point is they've had Batman and Superman and everyone has got a very very clear idea in their head of what Batman and Superman are. Yeah. And therefore they can't stray from that. And that that's where they've struggled is that they've, yeah. they've been trying they've trying to do these characters that have been done to death and do them in a new way. But the minute they try and do anything new, they they get away from it. Whereas with these sort of lesser known characters, people like Aquaman and Shazam, yeah, they can twist things a little bit. Like no one kicked off yeah. when like Aquaman for for is a great, another example of it doesn't look anything like he looks in the comic books now. Well, yeah, I mean there was the, he they have shifted back to that there was a whole period in the sort of 90s 2000s yeah when he did have the long hair and the beard and but he had like a hook hand and stuff yeah that whole thing but, but they... that was that was like a new aesthetic that they took on that they sort of went back to but i do agree because so especially with these icons like you get that are someone like batman and superman there are such rigid definitions of who they are yeah. and what they do yeah that when you give them to sort of a maverick director 
like Zack Snyder, they are going to put their own spin on it and they are going to do things. But it feels like like willful ignorance in that sort yeah. of sense. Because you can look at something like like the Spider-Man story mm-hmm. for Homecoming. It's taken the Spider-Man story and it's just really condensed it, but they've put in some other changes as well. Mm. So he doesn't live in this little picturesque house in Queens. He lives in an apartment in a big tall building. Yeah. And he didn't make this and the suit he did made himself is is junk and then he gets given by Tony Stark yeah. which totally sort of messes with the origin. But it's in a way that you can be more accepting of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like you were saying with the Guardian stuff, the Peter Quill stuff just probably it would probably work, but it would have been less endearing. Yeah. And to write and it around somebody like Chris Pratt and Zachary Levi. Yeah. They've got the charisma to be able to carry. Yeah, this I on. mean, the, the biggest example, I guess, is RDJ because a lot of people have said that now, retroactively, the character of Tony Stark in the comic books has become more like yeah. the Robert Downey Jr. version of Tony Stark. He was never the funny guy, and he was always quite straight and very sort of logical. Yeah. He was and, always like the, the the drunken playboy. Yeah, but again, they were able to do that and make him the more sarcastic sort of, you know, irreverent, irreverent guy that he was in Iron Man 1 because people didn't know, people weren't going into it like going, well it's Bruce Wayne, I know who Bruce Wayne's meant to be, Yeah, and then and then he turns up and he starts cracking jokes, everyone would be like, that's not Batman everyone would kick off, but because he's Iron Man he's something's a lesson, something's definitely bleeding Huh? something's definitely bleeding I oh, don't for anyone that's not aware, that's a that's a really bad line from Justice League well, when Batman, who was a murderous lunatic in the last movie, starts cracking jokes <laughs> but but I no I totally agree I totally agree and then because, and the stuff with Shazam specifically he's always been like a Superman clone yeah to the point that there are arcs written around them fighting one another and being in the same way and sometimes Shazam has the upper hand because he's magic rather than yeah it's like Superman's one of and, Superman's weaknesses is magic. He can't deal with magic. Yeah. He can deal with like physical stuff. Yeah. So and that's the thing. So like Kingdom Come for for example is a spectacular book that includes a Shazam Superman face off. Mm. And it's really really well done. Um everyone go out and buy it and read it, please. It's so good. But that's the thing but but you can shift this around. You can make him a little bit more youthful. You can make him a little bit brighter. Because they tend to use his youth in the book as a bit of a weakness. Mm. Which they started to do in this, but then they showed him sort of maturing more. Yeah. And they showed him being able to take these decisions on his own. Which, again, testament to the film, being really good. Yeah. Character arc. Yeah. Character arc! (laughs) Yes! Character arc. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> um, and again, like comparing it, like I, I, I'm much more bought into the fact that like they earn it more. Like when they yes. have the final like thing at the end, and Billy stands up and says his thing, I feel like that is far more earned, and like the the character development has been there more so than Aquaman. Yeah, for instance, Aquaman. There isn't really a lot of character development for Arthur, but then at the end of it, he's meant to be the greatest of all of us, and he holds the thing, gets his comic accurate costume. Yeah, he unites all the kingdoms. It's like, but why? Because he's Jason Momoa and he looks cool. 
Yeah. That's it. He doesn't, there isn't a big, like, there isn't really a big, like, he's not the guy to make the sacrifice play. To no. Lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over him. <laughs> he's not that guy. Billy is. Yeah. Uh, Billy, yeah, Billy has that. And when he gets that moment, I believe it. And I feel like, yes, he has mm-hmm. earned it. He has learned a lesson. And that is down to, yeah, the writing and the performances of both Levi and the younger guy. We yeah. really should look him up. Because he's uh, great. I can't remember it now. It's uh, Asher Angel. Sorry. That's it. I knew it was something like that. Um, yeah, he was great. And yeah, there are particular moments where you go, right, this is a... At the end of this scene, something has changed for him. And then he will... I'm thinking of one scene in particular. Well, the scene with his mum in the corridor. Yeah. That is a very sort of pivot, pivotal moment when things change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I guess the other big spoiler thing we've got to talk about. Yeah. The sort of the the oh, I can't remember what they are. Well, it's the Shazam family or the, the Marvel Shazam family. Kids. The, I think they're the the Shazam kids, aren't they? Or no, it's like the the Shazam family or the Marvel family. Well, I know in like in Flashpoint Paradox, there is they're meant to, there are a group of them. Yes, who can so, all? But that's yeah, that's as it is with the Flashpoint Paradox. It's sort of bucking the thing. Yeah. So this is something. This is the the Captain Marvel Shazam family. Yeah. Um. We're not going to get... By the way, we're not going to get into the whole Captain Marvel, Shazam, why this, that and the other because there's fucking dozens of things out there that you can find out about it. Yeah. It's really complicated and we'd be real all night. The gist of it is originally the character of Shazam was called Captain Marvel. It's still called Captain Marvel, I think. They just can't name the comic Captain Marvel. Yeah, and there's some sort of rights issue and so now what we've ended up with, in in a weird way, the first two big comic book movies of this year are both movies about Captain Marvel. One of them's called Captain Marvel and the other one's called Shazam. It's very confusing. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, but it's... But anyway, the, the point is Billy gets to a point in this movie where he shares the power, essentially, with his family and it means that all the kids who are with him on this adventure all turn into their own versions of Shazam. Yeah. And we see adult versions of them, and there are a couple of notable actors in amongst them, which is great. And it was a real surprise. I was just like, holy shit, it was a really great moment. Yeah. And what I love is that they managed not to put it in the trailers or that it hasn't been spoiled up to this point, because it would be a big selling point. It would be. They but, all look. Um, they all look great. They've all got these different coloured versions of the costume, and it's like, come see this movie. It looks. It looks super fun. We've got our own Avengers. We've got a whole team of these. Guys. But they hid it. Really but they hid well. it. They never even. Yeah, they didn't even hint at it or even talk about the actors. No. So like, yeah. And that's one thing that I really liked was by introducing that because it, I think the message of finding, finding your family and finding your home. Yeah would have been lost if it was just him. Yeah, exactly. And then they're just a bunch of, like, cowering in the corner and he stands up and goes, no, no, no. And then, like, he says, yeah, what's the point in having all this power if you don't share it? Yeah. And it, and it's not just sharing it with them and them all having it. It's sharing it with the world and doing the right thing with it because there's a lot of this movie early on where he doesn't know what to do with it. He's literally just taking selfies with people and stuff. Yeah, trying to earn money. Because that's all he know. That's all he, and he is like he's a very selfish guy. Yeah, like he has to sit down and talk with someone and says, "No, just put look after number one." Yeah, fuck everyone else, basically. Just yeah. just look after yourself. And again, that's the character art. By the end of it, he's willing to just. He knows I can't do this on my own. I need these guys. They're with me. Let's do it. Yeah. Um. 
and it's a, yeah I, that whole sequence at the end where it was had all the all of them fighting I thought was brilliant it was really well it done it was really it was really good and it was really fun and I liked the fact that the the adult performers still had like the characterizations of the yeah. younger actors as well yeah they did that really well and one issue that I did have is that was spoiled for me was it yeah ah oh. In, that sucks. Only in a way because of the very small amount of sort of small amount of knowledge that I have of Captain Marvel Shazam is that there is the the Marvel the Marvel slash Shazam family. Yeah. No, I, I knew. Yeah, I knew and there, there was... is like. Um, but that was spoiled for me on a website. Yeah. That just shows spoilers every now and again for stupid in stupid ways that anyone with even like my cursory knowledge level would immediately know that that's the problem. Yeah. And it, it, it pissed me off. But then when I went into the film, I was waiting for that moment. And when it paid off, I was like, you know, that was fucking great. Yeah, it was, it, that it, was that's great. the thing. Though. It was a great moment. And it was an earned moment. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, and, and we've got to mention a couple of the actors. So a lot of them I wasn't hadn't been aware of before. I'm not sure who they were. But the two notable guys that were in there yeah. were... So the older version of Freddy yeah. was... Um, Adam Brody. Adam Brody. I knew it was Adam something. Adam Brody. So the guy who was from the OC. Yeah. Um, but he was originally actually cast as Barry Allen in the unmade um, Justice League Mortal movie, <laughs> which I don't know. Yeah. If you go back to our Justice League mo- um, podcast, we actually talk quite a lot about Justice League Mortal and what could have been. Um, so he he almost was a member of the Justice League. And now he gets to be the blue Shazam that is <laughs> like super stoked about being a being a uh, superhero and like it's quipping with this thing that he's fighting which is great he's wicked um, um one thing i would say is just an interesting anecdote he's called and you, readers you'll have to forgive me if i get this wrong because i can't be asked to look it up kid marvel right and kid marvel has the blue costume in the comic book but he has a very specific hairstyle okay and his hairstyle influenced a certain other person who had a very specific hairstyle. Elvis. <laughs> Elvis loved him. Really? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Okay. Like his his tra- trademark hairstyle was based on Kid Marvel's hairstyle. Oh, that's cool. And his costume as well. So Elvis's like jumpsuits that he wore with like the big open neck and the little cape yeah. were based off of those superhero comics. Yeah, then no, no, you say it actually. It is quite Elvis-like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, I got that. And that's where he took his inspiration from. Excellent, okay, I like that. But then, um, yeah, there are the... So in the rest of the family as well, the... Um, uh, Dala, is it? Yeah. Uh, she's she the youngest? She's the young... Yeah, she's the youngest um, kid, yeah. Yeah, so she's played by um, Megan Good as well, who's... you A lot of people, you'd recognise her if you... So is this the, the older one, you mean? Yeah, the older version is Megan Good, and she's been in... Sort of quite a lot of things as well. Like she was in like Anchorman two and stuff like that. And but can we also talk about the the Green Marvel? Yes. Is uh is the older version of Pedro, who is played by DJ Catrona. Yeah. Who was going to be Superman in Justice League Mortal? So just yeah, he was almost at one point he was going to be Superman. Um, and he was cast, and it was yeah again it was the one that we've talked about in the previous one, and now he's yeah he's, yeah. he's this guy. Um, wicked, and he's wicked, yeah, and he and he you know, fills out the suit, and he just and he's like clearly having a great time. Um, but yeah, I think I think the whole performance of the that well the the Marvel Shazam family, yeah, was wicked. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, like the kid Eugene is dangerously close to playing a stereotype. Yeah, 
but at the same time was really fun. Yeah. And he put did put sort of a fairly traditional spin on um, sort of the kid that's obsessed with the computer games. But at the same time, kids are obsessed with computer yeah, games. Yeah, and I was glad. That I think they played just the right... I was annoyed. I was worried, like you said, that it was going to be like, like a, a studio executive talking about things they think kids are into. Yeah. Because I remember seeing the shot in the trailer where he's flossing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, it's going to be like that, isn't it? They're going to be, oh, we're so down with the kids. And like, if this kid mentions Fortnite... I'm gonna, f- <laughs> but somehow they managed to get through the whole thing, having one of these kids be like obsessed with computer games, and at no point did he ever make any reference to Fortnite, yeah, or Battle Royale, or any of those weird shit fucking things they play at the moment. <laughs> ADHD kids, um, stupid kids with their stupid young things, dumb kids. Yeah, all right, I tried Fortnite. I wasn't very good at it. Shit. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think that, I think that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, I. I'm, they're already talking about Shazam 2, apparently. Yeah, and um, obviously, you know, the sort of the elephant in the room that we haven't mentioned is Dwayne Johnson has been cast as Black Adam. Years ago. Is, you know, before Zachary Levi was cast as yeah. Captain Marvel slash Shazam. One, yeah, one thing I did bother me a bit, though, in hindsight, is they didn't use his name. What? Shazam? They didn't call him Shazam. They kept saying, say my name, or... I've got to say the name, yeah. But they never actually referred to him as Shazam, which I think might be no, a they... slight machination issue with having saying the name. Yeah, would cause another thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem now. That no one can say it. Well, none of the main characters can say it without causing a lightning storm. Yeah, and wrecking someone's house. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I know what you mean, but then they, what I did appreciate there was that bit with um, the wizard, which was Juma um, and Hanzo. Um, where he does the, you'll have the strength of, um, go whatever. On, go on, see if you can do it. Oh, I can't remember. See it's the, it. the the Hercules, Zeus, um, Mercury. There's like there's a few. The, anyway, he he gives this. It's like an acronym. The whole idea of Shazam yeah. is that it's an acronym of the seven different gods that mm-hmm. make him up. Yeah. And he does give that speech at one point when he's giving him the powers. So they do pay lip service to it. Um, yeah, about why is why it's Shazam? It's not just a funny word. Like <laughs> it's someone really wanted their initials to spell out Shazam. Yeah, um, but then you know this was brought around in the fifties, I think. Yeah, but yeah, Solomon, um, Hercules, yeah, Ares, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. Yeah, but then Mercury is the whole different pantheon. Yeah. <laughs> Because Mercury is the, is that the Romans? The Roman, yeah, the Romans are is the same gods, but they're all named after the, all the planets, or rather, the planets were named after them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't have Hercules. There and are some, Zeus. there are some slight crossovers. Yeah, in parts, like Zeus is actually Jupiter, and like whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's really fun. Go go and watch it. Go and have fun with it. Yeah. And then use this, and between this and Aquaman, I do think suit a good foundation as sort of a rejuvenation for the DC universe. Yeah, I think there are. Hopefully, it means there are no good track. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, we've, next year, there's not going to be another one now for this year. That's it. They're done. Yeah. Um, so they've had a good sort of one-two punch of Aquaman and now this. Like both really, really popular. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we both had our own issues with Aquaman, but say what you like about it, that film made a shitload of money. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Shazam's done really well, and we both said we prefer it. 
they're on they're on a good track and then next year they're gonna have Wonder Woman two. Yeah. Um with Patty Jenkins directing, which should be okay. Um <laughs> Well yeah, I think it I think it'll be good. I think yeah. they would have learned some lessons. Yeah, I think well I think my thing is Patty Jenkins is coming back to do it, sort of thing. Yeah. And she's having proven herself on the first one, they'll give her more license. Yeah. And it's just it's like, yeah. Um and then the other one that is coming out next year is going to be the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Yeah, Birds of Prey. Um, which will be interesting and different. It will be, yeah, a, a, super, a team-up movie with a bunch of female characters. Yeah. Written and directed by a female director as well. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting. they got, you know, people like Ewan McGregor playing Black Mask. Yeah. Which should be okay. And then I think the next one that we'll see after that is going to be Suicide Squad. The Suicide, the Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, yeah, with most of the same cast from the first Suicide Squad film, but now it's being written and directed by James Gunn, so it'd be really good. <laughs> yeah, I like, mean that's a whole kettle of fish that we'll get into when that comes out. Yeah, but um, but what what I mean to say is that there are a few things in the pipeline, and they've started out this time now with the last couple of movies where they're on the right track. Yeah, and they're in a position where Marvel is about to come to. A, close of their first 10 years and then start building back up again for the yeah. next lot so it's a good opportunity for them to then get in and sort it out what I would say is that they are I think they're probably best advised to do what they're doing at the moment which is skirting around the big players yeah. i.e. Batman and Superman Yeah. can we talk about just whilst we were saying about skirting around Batman and Superman can we talk about the very clear and obvious scene when action figures of Batman and Superman are just thrown aside. Yeah. And this kid just has now got this hero worship of yeah. Shazam. I mean, there's that, and then there's also the whole um, credit sequence where it's hand-drawn. Yeah. Like, they basically... It's just a massive fuck you to Batman, basically. Yeah. The whole thing is just like... And like how much, and, and all of the existing Justice League is just showing them how all the Shazam kids are so much better than all of them. Like, well, fu- like how the Shazam kids are better than... They're the, faster than the, the Flash. Uh, well, not they're not that. Yeah, they're faster than the Flash. They're stronger than Superman. They're better than Batman. Wonder Woman is reduced to being Shazam's date, and Aquaman is just there to pose with all of these female fans in selfies. Yeah, exactly. And they just like, and it is like this big like, fuck you. We're here now. We're the new kids on the yeah. block, sort of thing. Which is kind of like, kind of fits. It's cool. It fits the characters and all the rest of it, but. I get like that they're kind of trying to have the cake and eat it too. They're trying to say, "Oh, look how cool this new stuff is," but also trashing their own properties. Yeah, it's like, guys, this is the house the Batman built. <laughs> okay, stop kicking Batman. I think, <laughs> I think they're, I think they're grossly aware of it. I, know I they think, are. I think what they're doing is taking the piss out of it because they know that everybody else is kicking it. Yeah, I know, but just, yeah, just they need to get those two sorted out though. They are the. I yeah. know they. As well, we mu- do have the Matt Reeves Batman. The yeah. Batman. We have Batman. the Matt Reeves Batman, and then we have the new faceless Superman. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? <sighs> Not really. No. Um, okay. Let me let me do our sign off, and then we. Ju- I'll just leave you alone with the microphone for a couple of minutes, and then let me know when you're done. I'll come in. I'll stop the recording. So, um, yeah, as ever, you can find us on the socials, at Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram. It's the, the Omcast. Uh, you can email us at theomcastpod at gmail.com. Let us know if you agree with what we've said about Shazam today. 
if you disagree and you think it's dog shit or if you th- if, even so if you think it's better than we've sort of judged it let us know and we're quite happy to have a dialogue about it the next thing that we've got on the agenda is is hellboy which we're going to be watching this weekend and then we'll have an episode up probably midweek yeah and um yeah stick to the feed and we've got some more interesting things coming up along the the next few weeks some probably more mcu heavy stuff but yeah yeah that's it thanks everyone for listening cheers bye so i i just don't understand so and this was spoiled for me as well by the way so i had i saw the thumbnail of superman with his head cut off oh really wearing the suit and it was like clearly filmed on someone's phone or whatever. And I was like, I sort of, I glimpsed it and then scrolled past it. I was like, hopefully that's not it. It was. So they, and they, they hinted at it early in the movie. I'm like, fuck, that's what it's going to be, isn't it? It's like, oh, and Superman's going to come bring us dessert then, is he? Someone made that joke. I was like, fuck, that is what it's going to be, isn't it? And so we got to the end. And the whole thing in this movie is there's like, he goes, oh yeah, I know the, the, the new superhero, Shazam. I know him. And then at the end... The kids are all there in the um, high school cafeteria, and then Shazam walks in, in full costume. He says, "Hey, this is my friend," and like, and he sort of bigs him up and talks to him, and then he goes, "I actually brought another friend. I hope you don't mind." And then <laughs> you see from the from the chest down, Superman, and it is the super. It's like the the DCU Superman suit. Um. And he's carrying a tray, which I love the fact that he was carrying a tray as well. The fact that he actually bothered to go and get it. Like, he queued yeah. up and got his lunch. That's such a great image. And then he, as he walks over to him, but they, what they've done is they filmed it in a way where they cut off the head of whoever the person is wearing the suit. Yeah. Because clearly, for whatever reason, they couldn't just get Henry Cavill, who plays Superman in all these movies, to come in and do a little cameo. They were unable to do that for whatever reason but instead of just going right well let's not do the cameo then they decided to try and do it even without him and get a body double and cut his head off and just completely step on what could have been a great moment and it it was the final bit of the movie and it left me with a really bad taste in my mouth and it really pissed me off I just wish they hadn't done it I really wish they hadn't done it because they spent the whole movie talking about how much of a Superman fan Freddy was and how he's got the bullet that is a like yeah. authentic bullet that was shot at Superman. He's like, oh, I'm a big Superman fan, and it would have been great to just have him at, come face to face with Henry Cavill and have him fanboy out just for a second, and then the film ends. But instead, they just have this fucking. It's, it could be anybody. It could, it could... I mean, it's not. Uh, it's obviously not Henry Cavill. <sighs> what do you mean? Because they would have shown his face, but also he's way smaller than Henry Cavill is. <laughs> but that kid knows Henry Cavill as being Superman. So if he like, are they gonna are they gonna recast it? Is that what they're gonna do? Why are they gonna? You can't have both. You can't do, but like, what if you if you're not doing Superman anymore and you want you want rid of him and you're like, right, well, fuck Superman and Batman. We've got Aquaman now. He's cool. He's making shitloads of money. If that's the case, get Jason Momoa in and have him have the kid be a massive Aquaman fan for the whole movie, and then fucking Jason Momoa turns up at the end. That'd be great. But no, instead, you try and have your cake and eat it too and go, no, Superman, Superman, Batman, Batman, Superman, Superman, Batman. Oh, he's Superman at the end. Not really, though. Like, no, either he is or he isn't. Right? Like, oh, so fucking irritating. So annoying. Why? 
wankers. It's not a me problem. You know, it's a you problem. How the fact that live action remakes are going to be better than the originals. But why make it like I get? I like it's the exact. It's like fucking Pet Cemetery last week. That was a remake where they did something different with it. If you were just doing a remake where well, you're going to make it exactly the same but with a different filter on it, so in that now it's the live action filter, but it's the same. And like the script is exactly the same, and the songs are exactly the same. Then why? What's the point? What's wrong with the one that we already have? Why? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs>